What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Ectoplasm Show. My name is Josh Hurd. Joining me is my good pal, partner in crime, Mr. Jason Koopsik. What is up, sir? I am actually very happy that we get to talk to tonight's guest rather than doing our topic that we were going to do. Yeah, me too. I mean, we were going to talk about the weather. I mean, literally, we were going to talk about weather. That's That was well, the topic. Was a little no. more interesting than that. Yeah, but it was the weather, nonetheless. Nonetheless. It was the weather. So I and last night I was on the phone with this guy, um, actually a potential client. He's got some some weird spooky crap going on. And uh I hear my phone just like going nuts, like bing, bing, bing. I'm like, what is going on over here? <laughs> it uh it turns out that we got uh Mr. Dustin Perry to join us for this episode, kind of last minute, so uh Dustin, thank you, number one, for joining us and uh, on such short notice as well. Yeah, no, it's my pleasure, man. It, uh, it just happened to work out pretty well, you know, so uh, why not? It's uh, By the way, it's 45 degrees and cloudy up here in Providence in oh. case you wanted to talk about the weather. Oh, It's like it's, it's storming about, here, man. It's terrible. Yeah, here. I think it's about 60, but it is raining. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we were going to talk about weather modification. This is usually our conspiracy show, which we promise oh. we will get out there for people. Cool. Um, but I was looking at the schedule after I contacted you, and I was like, I really don't want to put you off for two months, which is what our schedule is booked up. So we happened to not have an interview this week, so it all worked out. Excellent. Well, I appreciate it, man. It's uh, nice to be on with you guys. This is going to be fun. This is going to be a fun show. So obviously, I mean... You have been doing this for my gosh, how long? I, I remember I remember watching uh, Ghost Hunters and seeing you on that. Now, what what season did you actually join uh, the Ghost Hunters show? I started with them. I, I want to say it was uh, the beginning of their second season. Sounds about uh, right. beginning of season two, or maybe it was like just a partway through season two. Um, so yeah, I mean now. I just went back to help him out a little bit ago, and now we just finished uh, season 11. So a lot of nice. years have gone by, and nice. I squeezed in a couple of years on the international show in between. And it's, uh, yeah, man, it's it's been crazy. I mean, as far as like the actually investigating the paranormal, I mean, I started that uh, when I was 15. So this year will be 24 years of, of doing this stuff. So it's nice. crazy how quick it slipped by. It's good stuff, though. Now, Everybody, everybody has a story, you know. It seems like, um, in order to, I don't know, maybe fully buy into a paranormal uh, experience or whatever, you have to have one yourself. Did, did you have a similar story to that? Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, I, I agree with that too. I think I've met maybe one or two people that have really stayed dedicated to researching this field that didn't start with uh, an experience on their own. And uh, for me, it started as a kid. Um, I was in this little house in Providence. I was just around eight or nine years old at the time. And um, I had seen what we would now classify as a, as a shadow figure. It was one of the uh, the tall variety, about six feet tall. And oh, wow. the rest of the house was, uh, you know, awake and alive. My family was up and uh, the hallways were, were lit. And this thing was just standing there. And it really freaked me out. And uh, you just kind of ducked my head under the covers and said my prayers. And I lived there um, for the better part of another 10 years and never saw anything there again. But it kind of gave me that, you know, initial spark kind of lit the fire and made me wonder what else was out there. And I started reading, you know, different, uh, 
different folklore books, different local legends, different ghost story books about New England, and there's plenty to choose from around here. Sure, so sure. It was a great way for me to get started, you know? That's so really are, interesting. Are you a folklore guy, too, as well? I like a little bit of everything. Yeah. I love I love a good story, you know, and sometimes it's cool because, you know, they use stories to either pass on traditions or to or to uh, teach people to be wary of different things. So I, I like to, to read and I like to learn different things. And um, that was kind of really the nice part about doing the international program for a while was you learn all these different things. I mean, I, it started to become like, you know, laughable the amount of castles I was in in, in England and Ireland <laughs> that all had a visit from Saint himself and had a hoof print somewhere in the basement, you know, but <laughs> but it was cool. It was cool to be a part of it, to touch it, and, you know, just to be around it. It was just so awesome. So I have to ask you a question that I asked Tenny last week. Yeah. If you could pick one or if you had to pick one folk tale or folk story universe to live in for the rest of your life which one would you pick i know this is on the spot um you know it, with one. it would have to be something um to do with with like the the legends and such of ireland like the yeah. whole thing with like the banshee and everything like just it's such a magical world over there you know and um i mean the place looks like a damn fairy tale anyway when you walk in through the hills and stuff out there and just um their beliefs about some of these things like it's just it's really cool, you know. So for me, it'd be it'd be um, kind of a, 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 a toss up, I guess. If I had to pick another one, maybe something to do with some of the uh, the Native American traditions and storytelling that uh, has been handed down um, throughout the throughout the states here um, and Ireland. Ireland internationally was my favorite by far. That's amazing. That's good. So just to just to round out this part uh, with the folktale, uh, Tenny actually, we've talked to him about going out and looking for little people here in the Ozarks and you, I know that you're a friend of his would you yeah. like to come along as well with oh us my an God. excursion to go look for the little people of the Ozarks I would love that I mean the Ozarks has so many great different um, creatures and you know crypto creatures and stuff as well you never know what you might come across but yeah. anytime you want to, to pair Tenny and I up looking for anything hell we'll walk <laughs> around Walmart and look for you know whatever you want like we'll just have a good time um, we'll figure it out yeah, we'll figure it out. But yeah, we can look for the little people of the Ozark. Sure. Tenny's one of the best people, like, hands down, like, on TV, off TV, paranormal, not paranormal. Like, he's just hands down one of the best human beings I've had the, the pleasure to come across. Like, he's just an amazing guy. You just want to sit with him and listen to his stories and you want to just hang out with him. He's just, he's unbelievably charismatic. He's just, he's a really awesome dude. He was a, he was a pretty cool cat to, to chat with. That's for sure. We had yeah. a great time with him. So, you know, Anyways, speaking to get of back to you. Oh, because now we're stepping. No, 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 we're stepping on each other's questions now. It's fine. Sorry, <laughs> no, I just uh, I want to change the subject just a little bit. Um, did you get free Duncan for life after that commercial? Um, no, you know, they, uh, <laughs> God bless the good people at Duncan. They did. Uh, uh, they did hook me up with an awesome like a uh, gift basket and a whole bunch of gift cards and. I've got like these funky little USB drives that look like donuts and coffee cups and um, all kinds of cool swag. And um, thankfully, I like to call them miracle checks as uh, that commercial is about three years old. But every once in a while, I guess somebody somewhere buys these things and shows them somewhere. And uh, a little miracle check shows up in uh, in the mailbox. I'm like, yes, this is awesome. The best accident I've ever done in my life. You got to love it. You don't normally lock yourself out of your vehicle and still get paid for it three years later. So that's, you know, my life is just full of just happy nonsense and all this 
this stuff that just comes together and I'm just so thankful for it because I don't know how the hell else I'd get by. <laughs> All right, back to your question, Joe. No, I was just going to say, because we, we were uh, talking about Ireland and things of that nature, and I, I remember specifically seeing uh, an episode of, I believe it was just Ghost Hunters. When you guys were in Ireland, uh, I believe you were at Lep Castle. Um, and, I mean, you had an encounter there, and you were pretty shook up. Uh, yeah. After it happened, do you, do you care to elaborate on that in any way? Yeah. Uh, no. Act- absolutely. That's actually one of the one of the best things to to discuss when it comes to you know things that have happened to me in the television realm of of this sure. field. And that is, um, we were it was still Ghost Hunters. You're correct. It was kind of I think with the uh, the the not official pilot basically for Ghost Hunters International. It's like, can we make this work in other right. parts of the world? But um, I, I was lucky enough to go out there. I was very excited. And um, we went up there, and the guy uh, Sean that that uh, has the the castle has left castle still to this day. Like, takes people in, gives them tours and everything. He's a real nice guy, really nice family. And um, we were up in the the chapel area, which of course for television was the bloody chapel. Right, right. You know, that's <laughs> going to be a little extra fancy. Um, <laughs> and they had this area where um, they had some spikes down there, and apparently, you know, there's this whole backstory of how they threw someone down there, and blah blah blah. And, Tango and I were up there and we were investigating and at the time like I used a little more an aggressive approach where now I try to kind of I try to lighten the environment and charge it with positivity and joking around and everything but back then I was a little bit of a uh, you know an antagonist and I kind of like to provoke a little bit and Tango and I were doing that and I remember it was the first time I ever met Barry and Barry comes running up the stairs and he's like, ah, you guys are going to stop what you're doing. The pressure's arising and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh yeah, man, you know, whatever. And so like he took off back down the stairwell and Tango's so sweet and innocent. He's such a good guy. He's like, oh, we we, we better stop what we're doing, huh? I'm like, nah, (laughs) screw that guy. But that guy puts Jameson on his lucky charms in the morning. We can just do whatever. And so we continued like busting chops and like insulting the land and insulting the castle and all this stuff. Yeah. Literally nothing happens, and uh, we're about to leave, and uh, we go to make our exit, and our camera guy says, hey, would you guys mind just waiting for me? I want to get a couple of, you know, insert B-roll shots. So he's, like, trying – I remember specifically seeing him off to my right side, and he is trying to get this perspective shot where he keeps looking over to where the spikes supposedly were back in the day. And Tango is just standing on my right shoulder. Now, when you watch the episode, um, they have it in a split screen. So you've got my POV camera, and then you see me walking toward the back of the chapel, the bloody chapel. Sure. And it looks like I like turned my ankle or something because it was all cobblestone. And they use that as their splice editing point to cut to my camera full, which I did still have recording when this happened. So you see it go up to the ceiling as something knocked me right to the ground. Um, wow. But unfortunately, their cameraman wasn't actually filming us when it happened. Happened. He was trying right. to get these B-roll shots. So, um, you know, credit goes to, to uh, the production company for doing what they could to to, um, to capture the moment and to, to convey it to everybody at home. But uh, we weren't actually being filmed when it happened. So they right. really had to rely on what they had. Um, but Tango to this day swears that he saw my feet come up a couple of inches off the ground uh, before it happened. It, to me, it was so quick, man. It was like getting hit by a wave in the ocean. Like I got lifted up and just dropped down, man. And it was... Uh, it was. It, it's funny because you look at the, if you look in the episode, most of that chapel has hay bales and stuff around it. Sure. But where I was was all just jagged rock, so it was miserable. <laughs> oh my gosh! Now, I felt so bad for Steve. I remember watching. Oh yeah. That. Like I watched him, of course, when 
the night that they came on air and I felt so bad for Steve. I, I don't remember if it was that episode they showed him trying to get on the plane. Yeah, it was that the one before. No, it was that one. It was really oh. tough, man. I felt bad. And I, I'm like, I still actually now I'm the COO and the manager, office manager for uh, oral and facial uh, cosmetic surgery offices in Mass and Rhode Island. And at the time, I was one of their anesthesia assistants. I remember like talking with production and stuff like is there any way we can get something to kind of knock him out <laughs> like, oh, man. No. Not, i mean not legally you yeah, know right. this is like ba rock is on 18 like i can't just pour stuff in his milk and knock him out and wake him up in ireland oh my but uh, he tried he really tried his best but yeah. he, just, he just couldn't do it. it's just a real hard fare for him yeah, I don't. Yeah, and I I know that it's still to this day because I, his agent is your agent, and I just talked to him, and he yeah. has to drive everywhere still. Yeah, he always has to factor an extra time to go from place to place because he has to drive. And I I mean, I'll tell you what, I love driving personally. Yeah. I love driving to events and stuff. Like it, it's kind of romantic being on the road, going where you want to go, stop where you want to stop, see exactly. different things. Um, but you can't beat the the convenience and the speed of air travel when you got to get back and forth for different things. Yeah, that's the truth. Now, I find it really interesting, too, because, um, you know, you're, I don't know, I don't know how to say, it. you're a family man, you know, and I, I really, yeah. I really think that's cool. Um, and even when you were, um, you know, cast member of, of Ghost Hunters and even GHI, um, you still had, um, you know, a quote unquote, you know, nine to five or whatever job at the same yeah. time. I, and I find that really, really cool. Now, thank was, you. I'm but, a damn mess, really. But, thank you. <laughs> but I mean, honestly, how how difficult was that? You know, juggling these two very very different lives. It's um, it's crazy, man. It's still a, 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 a misadventure for sure. And, and you know, it's like um, when I did JHI, it was a little easier because there's no way anybody can expect you to commute back from no. you know Romania <laughs> no. to, to come to work the next day. So I was like. At that time, actually, the economy kind of crashed a little bit here, and um, not all. I was an anesthesia assistant at the time, so my hours got slashed from like forty to twenty, and I was like, wow. I was like, this is tough. And I was still working part time um, in ambulance company, like just doing whatever I had to do to make ends meet to take care of everybody. Sure. And um, and they came and said, listen. You know, they they asked me to do GHI when they first put it together, and I said no. I said, you know, I just got married. I don't want to do that. Right. They got halfway through that first season. They came back to me and said, you know, we really <laughs> like to have you. And at that time, I had a wife was like, listen, we're struggling here to stay above water. Like, you know, this isn't going to make us, you know, rock stars by far, but at least we can get ahead of the bills for a little while. Um, but it's going to take me away for six to eight weeks at a time. And, you know, it's the discussion we had to have. And um, she was, you know, strong enough to to take care of everything while I was away. And it's heartbreaking, you know. It's just very difficult, especially you know my daughter was young, and sure. um, I hated to be so far away from everybody. But um, you know, part of uh, of being a parent, being a father, uh, for me was um, was making that sacrifice to make sure that you know there's a roof at home and there's lights on in the house and there's food on the table. So um, I did it, and uh, it wasn't easy, but it you know it toughened me up a lot, and it, you know made me realize you know the things you have to do sometimes. And, and hell, there's a, a lot worse. Uh, a lot worse ways for people to make a living. You know, a lot of people still work too, still do. But um, you know, being on TV and traveling the world is, you know, by far not one of the horrible uh, <laughs> lifestyles you have to live. But it's just a lot of personal sacrifice, a lot of heartstrings. And uh, now it's really crazy. Like season ten and eleven, I was only supposed to go back and help these guys with two episodes. Yeah, sure. And um, I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll help you guys out. Sure, you know, I guess vacation time and. 
now they're like, hey, we need you to come back for two more, two more. And I was like, okay, now we're doing two seasons. I'm like, what am I doing with my life here? But um, <laughs> I, I really enjoy it. I love what I do. And uh, I've been paired up with uh, KJ a lot. And KJ and I have a great time. We have great chemistry together. Spirit World seems to like what we do. So we have so much fun. Uh, but now it's it. like, honestly, this the turnaround from my my day-to-day now is worse than it ever was because here's our typical week when we're filming. I, I go to work Monday, go to work Tuesday, get out of work Tuesday, hop a plane, fly to wherever we are, investigate all that night, get up late Wednesday, and then I investigate all that night to Thursday morning around 3 or 4 a.m., and then uh, some some lowly production assistant or some Uber driver has to take <laughs> me to the airport, and uh, I don't sleep. I just get on the plane, I fly back to Rhode Island, and I go right to work. And oh, so wow. I just make that turnaround every two weeks so there's at least two days where I just don't sleep and it's funny because people email me like wow you looked really tired in that show I'm like yeah I was freaking near dead I, uh, <laughs> I don't really feel that sorry for you I'm sorry <laughs> I'm, I'm not really sorry about that I guess oh that's funny um, <laughs> anyways I was listening today an interview with you where you talked about an exciting time when your daughter started showing interest in the paranormal and it, it brought memories back to me because I remember once when my daughter, she was probably in third grade, she, or not, yeah, third grade, she came up to me after school and all her little friends came up to me and they told me how cool it was that I go and look for ghosts. And they told me about a, a, a game that they played out in the field at school looking for little fairies and paranormal things. Oh, cool, man. And I, what I wanted to ask you is your, da- is your daughter still into it as she was at the time you had this interview? Yeah, she's still very much interested in it. Um, especially you know when the, when the shows are on she wants to watch them now all the time uh, when I come home from doing a case she wants to sit with me and like review the evidence and nice. um, she really likes to watch the videos and if I find um, <laughs> she's not quite trained at listening for EVPs yet because she thinks every whisper or something is one but um, <laughs> you know it's different when you're not there and also when you're eight or nine years old but um, when I do find one I'll play it back for it she gets all excited she loves it and should make my wife listen to it I don't think my wife could care less but my daughter <laughs> loves it and she wants my wife to hear it. She wants everybody to hear it. And we had to have the conversation about, you know, when you bring your friends over, daddy can't play these audio clips or video clips for the other kids because we don't know what their mommies and daddies think about this stuff. And we don't want them to go home and be afraid if their parents don't understand it like we understand it. And so um, we had to have that conversation. But I know for a fact that she does tell stories because the kids come over (laughs) and they ask questions. So I know she's (laughs) passing it along for sure. I mean, that's got to like I, I know personally but that's one of the best feelings that i've had in this field is my own kid appreciating at least a, even a little bit what i do yeah. oh hell yeah man because we're, we're not going to be superman for long to them you know at some point they get older and they want to go do their own thing but when they think it's cool what you do and it is kind of a unique position you know it's not something everybody does um it's kind of Fun. And she also kind of pimps me out to her teachers and stuff. Like she'll tell them about the books that I write or when the shows are on. And like I have to send like autographed books into her school and stuff. I'm like, no, don't read this one because this one has some bad words. In it, yep. you know? But, <laughs> but uh, she delivers them and she tells them to go to the websites and everything. So she's she's like a, my own little agent, too. That's wow. really cool. She's pimping you out, man. I like that. Yeah. That's good yeah. stuff. I'm just glad that somebody's proud of all the nonsense I do. You know? <laughs> Oh, it's a lot so, of fun. So um, I'm hoping maybe, uh, I, well, I know you can speak on this. We have a listener that asked uh, a couple weeks ago about, his name's Clint. Yeah. And he wanted to know, Have he's asking us this, but I want you to answer it. Have you ever gone through an episode talking about what a real investigation is like as compared to what it is like on a ghost adventures type show? 
I'm curious what a real one is like. And I mean, you've done both. And yeah. I, I know very similar, even compared to what we see on the show. So if you could speak on that a little bit, I'm sure Clint would love to hear you speak on that. Yeah, sure. What I always tell everybody is if you watch the programs, but you've never done an investigation, it's like basically watching ESPN for the highlight reel of a football game, you know, and um, you don't see every play. You don't see us sitting around in the dark for so long. You don't see all the hours that go into it. You see the highlights of, you know, what we did and what we captured Um, as, you know, as, as far as the experience, I I really feel like um, to me, you know, doing it for the show or doing it just for a client or a friend or whatever. um, I still have the same enthusiasm to do it. Um, Thankfully, you know, we work with the same production company for a long time, so they know not to get in the way. They know what to do, what not to do. Um, So, so there's that. Um, But there really is, um, you know, there's just a lot of, from just seeing it on television, there's a lot more downtime. There's a lot of waiting. There's a lot of work involved. And, you know, it's not you sit down, pop in your uh, recorder for evidence review, and bam, you have an EVP right there. You sit there for, you know, sometimes days, like, doing different cases, and you're like, what am I doing here? Like, <laughs> I haven't heard anything in forever, you know? I remember specifically being on GHI, and, like, I just hit a patch where I wasn't catching any evidence no matter where we went. And, like, there were cases where everybody on the team was getting something. I'm like, shit, am I really bad at this? Like, what happened? <laughs> I used to be good. I used to be somebody. No, you know? <laughs> I, I do that a little bit now because I'm actually losing my hearing a little bit. So if I go through a recording and I don't hear anything, I'm like, damn it, I got to give it to somebody else. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, it's it can be frustrating. And you know, what I always tell people, too, is, like, if you're going to do this stuff – it's very, um, to me, at least from my own studies, it's very interesting to see um, how different energies work together and, you know, how different spirits react and relate to different people. Like, as I alluded to earlier, um, KJ and I have a hell of a great time. I mean, probably to the disappointment to a lot of other people on the team, we're in there laughing and like yucking <laughs> it up and like, it looks like we're not taking it seriously, but the reality is we don't take ourselves very seriously, but we take we take the spirit world very seriously. But um, we found that we can charge the environment and by making a very comforting and lighthearted type, you know, uh, place for for spirits to want to look in and see what we're doing, see what the hell all the joking around is about. Absolutely, um, we seem to get very good good evidence with uh, with women and with children, which is the same thing I had when I used to work with Barry. You know, Barry is very very serious in what he does. He has a different approach and. Um, I can kind of adapt, you know, I'm kind of like a chameleon. I can kind of adapt to who I'm working with. So I would get like that with Barry and we'd have some really like serious discussions off camera late at night and stuff like about how we're going to try to approach this case or that case. And um, we would usually get the same type of entities though. We'd usually would interact with women and children the most. Um, so I think that, you know, it, it kind of speaks to who you are as an investigator, who you are as a spirit and um, how it works with who you're with. You know, I think a lot of that I've worked with some people I know are good investigators, but we just don't work well together. We get along great. but have never captured a shred of evidence like Brandy Green. I love Brandy. We had so much fun together traveling the world. Every case we did, it was just useless for us to work together because we never <laughs> captured the dang thing. <laughs> I'm I'm definitely a believer, and for the listeners, they know that I don't usually say that I in something, but I definitely believe that it it matters on the person or the group of people. Sure. And what you might catch, because it's your interaction and it's you that they're attracted to, or your energy in that room. Yeah, 
it's not the flashing gadgets and all that stuff. It's it's the spirit connection. You know, we're going through this human experience, but we're spirits just like they are. We're just on this end of it right now. Exactly. But it's that connection that brings it forward. You know, and speaking of, uh, you know, I know for a fact that you're you're a very spiritual guy, um, which I admire the hell out of. I really do, um, because you're you're very open about it too, about your spirituality, uh, your faith, um, which is a great thing. Um, you know, have you have you caught any flack, you know, from from the general public for that? Um, and and moreover, then have you? Um, I don't know. Have you have you struggled with faith in any way, shape, or form? Then, um, you know, doing all of this investigating, you know, has it made you uh, question? I guess what really happens to us after we uh, after we expire. You know, it's um. It's just one of those things. Like I always tell people, like I, I respect anybody, regardless of what faith they may or may not be a part of. Sure. As long as they're they're doing something in a respectful and loving way, regardless of how you see God, um, you know how you see the deity as a male, female, whatever. As long as you're operating in a peaceful, loving way and you're being respectful of others, I, I think that's fine. I, I believe that there's many different paths to God for many different people. Uh, and my path, I think, was a lot like a lot of people go through. Like, I mean, I was raised in a, you know, Catholic household, Catholic school, all that. And I uh, went to Catholic high school. And I always tell people when I graduated, I was pretty much an atheist. And I wasn't like a hateful kind of person. I was like, it's cool that you guys believe all this. But for me, it's just not, you know, I... It was just a bunch of rules. It was sit, stand, obey the command, do this, don't do that. And I was like, this sucks. Yeah. I don't want to be a part of it. Sure, you know? It's, sure. um, it's a yeah, little... I, I think that's what isolates a lot of people from it. There was no relationship. That's what I was missing. And I graduated and I went on my own little journeys in life. And, you know, I, I wasn't a bad person in any way. You don't have to be a good person, bad person if you have faith or not. I know a lot of people that go to church are horrible people. But, you know, it's just <laughs> the way it is. Yeah. But uh, I found my, my own path. You know, I studied Taoism and I, I read a lot about Buddhism and I liked Eastern philosophy. And um, it's, it sounds very corny, man, but I woke up one morning and I, I've been living a very good life and having a great time and enjoying myself and my youth. Sure. And I woke up one morning and I heard church bells and I'm like, you know, maybe I give that a try again because I have been feeling like kind of empty and there's some things that like I used to like and it took me a while. I tried different faiths and um, Christianity just makes sense to me. You know, I, I mean, yeah. currently I go to Episcopalian church. Uh, they didn't make me sign any contract or do anything different. Um, they seem to just <laughs> accept me for being who I am. And sure. um, that makes sense for me. And in my investigations, you know, you have to be obviously if you're, if you're doing something in a foreign land or you're doing something in someone's home, you got to be respectful and understanding of their religion and their approach. And if you want to try to interact with activity, maybe you should consider, you know, what they do. And uh, so I've always tried to be very cognizant of that. Um, but when it comes to uh, to getting flack from people, um, funny enough, the people that give me the most flack are what I like to call the super Christians. Yeah. Um, who seem to know exactly what yeah. God wants and doesn't want, but hasn't read the Bible because <laughs> they don't know that there's angels and demons and stuff in them. That's um, my ex-mother-in-law. Oh, well, at least she's moved on from your life. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> But yeah, man, it's crazy. Like, and, and trust me, I, you know, like I'll be at an event, and, you know, we get like modest little lines, like people wait for autographs or whatever. I like to hang out, talk, and like I, I like to enjoy the experience of meeting people that appreciate yeah. the shows and everything. And 
people will wait and they'll come up and like I I don't know how you call yourself a Christian. You're going to hell. I'm like, well, I don't call myself anything. Like, I, I appreciate the Christian faith. I operate, you know, in my understanding of it. But there's no labeling involved. And exactly. I don't know why you get to tell me I go to hell, but I don't yeah. get to tell you anything. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, I find what really pisses uh, them off is when I say, that's okay, man. I'll pray for you. And they get all mad. Oh, like, yeah. supposed to look yeah. there. Like, that's what we're about. It's crazy, man. It is crazy. I actually have something very relevant that came across me today. I have a group here in town that I'm good friends with. They're not they haven't been around very long, only about eight months. And it's I wanted to ask you about this. One of their members who is a religious person who has had a great time doing this and has had no problem with it came to them and said that he needs, that he's thinking about leaving due to religious reasons because there's people in his life that are telling him that what we are doing, and I'm paraphrasing, is evil or demonic. Uh, could you, well, if somebody came wow. to you with that, I know, I, I know I, I'm not one to change anybody's religious views. I wouldn't tell them that I want them to do this. But what would your advice be to someone like that? Yeah, somebody approached me just the other day on Twitter asking me about that. They've worked in the field for a while. They like doing investigating. They like spirit communication. But um, they were finding their own way in their faith. And they said that they were getting to the point where they feel like they're not supposed to do this anymore. And first and foremost, if, just like you said, if if you don't feel like you should be doing this stuff, then don't do it. You know, there's it's fine. No one's going to force you to do it. But if you're conflicted, then you know you need to really um, to to research it and to understand more of it and to do a lot of soul searching yourself. Um, for somebody that you know comes uh, at it from a Christian perspective, I always tell them that. For me, I was always. All right, so you go on somebody's computer and you think they've been up to something. The first place you check is the trash because save files, obviously, if they're doing something that they're trying to hide, they're going to try to get rid of it, right? Sure. So you look at the Gospels, okay? And like everything's in the Bible that they wanted to keep in the Bible. But all the Dead Sea Scrolls, the exactly. things that the political powers at the time are like, hey, let's side skirt this stuff because this doesn't really completely agree with the agenda we're trying to push now. And I was like, you know, I read a lot of those and I spent a lot and there's still more that I want to read and more time I want to do studying it. But, you know, you look at it, it's probably written by the Essenes and the Essenes, some people say, were kind of like a end times kind of group and this, yeah. that and the other. But they also think that they were possibly the group that was closest to Christ when he was here. And I find that just really interesting, you know, because they write about the spirit world being around us at all times, just, you know, imperceivable to us. Yes. And and I say this all the time, you meet a million, you know, psychics, mediums or whatever. And there are some, I think, that do have some real serious gifts and potential. Um, others that I think are just like some other investigators are just trying to make a quick buck off people. Yeah. But the, the best ones that I've met will all say that heaven isn't really that far away, you know? And I think that's that's kind of what we're dealing with. And I think that spirits aren't really trapped here. Just some linger a little longer. Some don't move on as quick. But some of them just come back and they're not as far away as we think they are. And uh, so it, when it comes to that, I kind of feel like there's no harm in looking in it. And, you know, Christ also gave the, his command to cast out demons in his name, which... Lord knows I don't do that. If, if I find anything that's of a darker nature, I give it to somebody's hands that knows how to deal with it. Right. <laughs> um, but obviously there's an obligation to look into it. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, and, right? um, you know, other than like the Ten Commandments and a few other things set in there, you can, if it's all interpretation. So you can find almost everything contradictory in yes. the Bible, not even including what's not in the Bible from yeah. that time period. Heck yeah, at some points there was multiple wives, you had slaves, you could throw rocks at people, there's yeah. all kinds of shit going on. Yeah. And I always I always find it um 
crazy. I mean, it's kind of like you say, you know, it's the first people to uh, dismiss the paranormal are, you know, the really hardcore Christians or whatever, which is fine. That's their faith. That's what they, you know, that's what they want to do. But, you know, their entire faith is is based on the paranormal. They're just not seeing yeah. that. You get um, angels and demons and apparitions yeah. like showing up in every other I book. Mean, just like, come crazy, on. How are you crazy stuff. That? Yeah, exactly. It's just, I don't know, man. I don't know. I think they're picking and choosing what they, uh, what they, what they, yeah, care of to course. Hear. Of course. We're going to talk about, oh, love, love, love. But if you both happen to be of the same gender, then no, you can't love each other. It's like, right. right. Well, right. listen, it's not right for, it's not, it's not, you know, what my life is. But just like you can't tell me I have to love a man, you can't tell a man who loves a man he has to love a woman. It doesn't make any damn sense. Bingo. Yeah, stuff. go marry that person and be unhappy for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. True. Thank God. There's plenty of people that are married and unhappy. I don't know yes. how it all shakes out, but you can't force people to do it. <laughs> it's a very good point. Very good This point. has been a lot of fun. You guys are great. Well, thanks. <laughs> I love it. Oh, I'm going to I'm gonna interrupt the stream a little bit. I have to ask you. I don't have to. They didn't force me. But I'd like to ask <laughs> you to give Alps a shout out there are a couple of ladies out in california there oh, and you actually did a little shout out for them to get on our 100th episode of, of a few weeks back and i think they would love to hear a shout out to them from you oh indeed my my good friend faye is a member of that that's right that's there. right yeah yeah i love the alps group great people i'm actually going to be out there at the uh the gray ghost paracon this summer out there in the uss hornet i'm going to be hanging out with those uh, those ladies out there i'm looking forward to it you know dustin i'm very yeah. i'm very uh upset about this i was at gray ghost last year um oh yeah yeah and i don't have and i don't yeah. think i'm gonna I'm make like it this year kind of guy there i guess oh I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to see what I can do to get out there. But the Alps ladies are probably our most active listeners, and that they, you know, they share everything and comment, and they're, oh, yeah. you know, they love us and we love them. Yeah, they're that's great. Good. I love when I see like groups of people that are supportive of other groups and other radio programs, and like actually discuss more. And this is what I tell people: like, listen. You can watch whatever show you want to watch. Okay, for me, I like to watch recreation shows. I like to watch things that tell me a story. Like yeah. I like that's what I like. Um, and it's I'm not a knock on anybody that's investigating. I've got friends on all the programs that investigate. And I'll usually watch, especially if they have a special guest. If my man Tenny's going to be there, sure. you know, I'll watch and see what's going on. Um, but if, you know, if if you you know if you were a dentist and pulled teeth all day, you want to go home and watch a show of some guy pulling teeth all night. <laughs> you know, so. I like to hear stories. I want to be, you know, excited about stuff like that. Um, But, um, you know, there's just a lot of like, just a lot of like nonsense that goes back and forth. People like to stir up drama and all this person hates that person. Half the time, the two damn people have never met each other anyway. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Exactly. So it it just really like befuddles me. So I like when I see people that want to learn more and want to continue the conversation. And that's, you know, my point was whether you believe the evidence on ghost hunters or ghost adventurers is real or not. Whether you like the way, you know, Jay Hawes conducts himself, whether you like the way um, Zach Baggins conducts himself, the beauty of it all is that they're furthering the conversation and they're keeping it relevant and they're keeping it current. And I don't I don't think there's any harm in that. You know, um, I always tell people when it comes to evidence, I stand behind everything that I brought forward 100 percent, because at the end of the day, I can only vouch for what I've experienced and what yeah, I've captured. Exactly. And that's not a knock on anybody else I'm working with on camera or off camera. But like 
at the end of the day at my day job, I can only stand behind my work, you know? Right. But um, for, for all these different shows to be out there and different people trying different techniques, as long as they're being respectful, they're not being harmful or hateful to any groups or any people or any animals, um, I, I think that it's great to, to have this platform. As a kid, I didn't have any of these outlets to go to, you know? There was very, very little on television. You know, you might be able to get a couple of, like, little specials in October, like that time of the year. Yeah. But for the most part, it was books, and that's all you had. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, um, now- actually, I have, a, I have a quick question that it just popped into my head, and I, you can answer it or not if you want to, or if you can't, I don't know. Uh, there's a guy named Todd Sheets here in town that used to work on the productions of Ghost Hunt, or the, the early seasons of Ghost Hunters. I, he said he, I think he said he was a producer of some sort. I'm not sure. Anyways, he claims that between Jason and Grant, their personas are actually quite opposite off screen. (laughs) That Grant or Jason is like the hard ass on screen, but he's the nice guy off screen. It's kind of the (laughs) other way for Grant. Could you could you uh, confirm or deny that? No, they're both just as they appear on TV. That's funny. Oh well, maybe he had a bad run in with one of you with Grant or something. <laughs> yeah, I don't even want to make Grant out to be the tough guy. No, I don't oh, know, man. I've, I mean, thankfully, I've never had issue with either of them. But from um, you know, from how I see them presented on the show to how they are off the show, they're they're pretty much the same guys that you see there. You know. Yeah, that's cool. Now, um, but I, I also sorry I keep stepping on jo- no, Josh, but uh, <laughs> as far as the uh, the investigation shows, you touched on the the explosion of shows, and I heard you speaking in uh, on another show that I, I actually quite agree with you on this, and we've talked about it, but I've talked about it with different people. You've talked about the how the investigation shows are kind of dying off now. And that it may be a good thing for the field overall because some of those shows were quite ridiculous and other ones were great for the for the community but are kind of dying off now. It may be a positive for the community as a whole. Am I right when I heard? Yeah, I mean, the whole thing's a double-edged sword. You know, it's great that it, it gets people excited about the field and interested in it, but it's you know, everyone's like, oh, oh, paranormal unity, paranormal unity. It's like, okay, well, I like the idea of everybody like sitting around and sharing a Hershey's bar together. That's great. (laughs) But the idea of we're all going to investigate the same way and just keep marching forward in our black t-shirts that are one size too small and walk around with this detector (laughs) and ask this question, that question. Well, what the hell is that going to get us? We're all going to have the same shitty results. Like you got to try different things. You know, you got to be willing to try something different. What bothers me, this is why I avoid Facebook like the plague. (laughs) I, I post on Twitter and I let Twitter post to Facebook, but Facebook to me is just like this swirling vortex of darkness and misery and yes. a random cat picture, but mostly just everybody else <laughs> saying, my misery is more than your misery, so your misery doesn't matter, and the whole thing just blows my mind, because I'm like, why aren't we trying to help you people, but nobody wants to help, everyone wants to just compare and, and yell, but I, I, it worries me because people have ideas and they want to try things, and I've seen some investigators come up with things that they think might be a good idea. And maybe off the bat, it might not seem like a brilliant idea, but how the hell do we know unless we let them try? And people are like, right. hey, I'm thinking of trying this. And everyone's like, you're an idiot. You should never do that. And it's like, yeah. well, who the hell are you? It's exactly. like nobody's an expert in a field where nothing is proven. Like, just simmer down and let each other try <laughs> different things. We might actually get somewhere. And that was kind Ooh, of my next question. Though, you know, that was my next question right there is, you know, as far as the field itself is concerned, um, 
you know, are are we are we progressing in your opinion? Um, I'm you know, I really feel like to me the last, you know, it's not like a, a groundbreaking advancement, but I think that the last thing that excited me, I mean, because now I feel like we're just getting devices and combining them into other devices. Yes. you know, it's like, oh, look yes. at this! It measures the temperature, it lights up, it does EMF. It's and got pretty I, lights. Right? Yeah, but yeah, this one has can, sound. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. I can record sound, and then at the end of the night, I can make Tostitos, like pizza rolls in it. It's amazing. But I, oh, I really kind good. of feel like when people were starting to – when we started to use full spectrum, when we first started to use full spectrum on GHI, I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. Like yeah. changing like the, the parts of the light spectrum that we're looking into when we're filming is much better than just, oh, okay, it's black and white. It's an IR, so it looks spooky, and you know we can see in the dark. But – um, you know, a lot of research, like Barry and I did a lot of research for this when we did our first book. And uh, we started to find out about, you know, how the visual parts of the spectrum appear to us, how they appear to children, how they appear to animals. And then, um, you know, we took it further and, and spoke with people about how different lighting affects it. And uh, we found, I, I sat down with a gentleman um, from uh, Massachusetts here just nearby. Is um, I'll tell you what, you see this dude, you'd be scared on your mind. He's about six foot four, <laughs> six five, albino dude, huge. Whoa. Looks like he would just like rip your head off. The most soft-spoken, kind-hearted guy. He works uh, as a spiritual advisor um, for a, a local Native American tribe. He's a Native American guy, and he told me, he said, Dustin, reduce your amount of IR light and put out more low-level red lights and orange lights. He's like, you just wrap like a red gel around a lantern. He's like, just try that. He's like, that's what I do when I do my communication. It works best. Wow. And I started reading some books about some um, some older groups down in uh, South America and Brazil that were using red lights and seances and different things like that. And, uh, I, you know, I started reading it and they said, you know, IR is harmful to the spirit world. I'm like, well, how, how could a light be harmful? Like, it didn't make sense to me. But then I started analyzing like, the video and the evidence that we've collected, other groups have collected. And when you capture something on IR, it's usually a shadow, it's usually from a distance, and it kind of pokes its head in and then backs away. Yeah. And then... I was a cameraman for many years for CBS and Fox, and I really enjoy doing camera work. And I realized when I was filming, I was like, you know, every time our camera guy crosses us, we always see that IR flare. Maybe they're perceiving the lights as we perceive it through this viewfinder. And so that bright light would be off-putting. I don't think it'd be harmful. I think that's the wrong word. But it'd be like, what the hell's that? I'm going to back away from it. And once we started, we would literally, like, tape off. We would use the IR cans, but we would tape off a bunch of the little LEDs. And then our, uh, we had this one camera guy, this guy Snapper, Steve Robinson from LA. He's an awesome dude, complete like complete like surfer, stoner, like lovable, great guy, everything you could <laughs> think of. And um, he was so cool, man, because we go in just me, him, and Barry. And um, we wouldn't go in with the audio guy. He would run his own audio for us so we could really minimize the people in there. And he would shut his viewfinder even so he wasn't creating any extra ambient light. And we put out these little lights and do stuff. Man, we got the coolest things when we wow. did that, you know? And so I started to realize it's not just um, what we're filming in, but also the light that we're adding to the environment and uh, how that seems to interact. And that's why when I when I do my own investigations, you know, I, I try to use a lot of these just little lamps that I picked up at Target and you just put a little red gel around the sides of them. Yep. And, uh, you know, just a little ambient light coming through the windows and stuff, man. It works really good. That's amazing. That's amazing stuff. Now, um, I, I, I wanted to talk... Um, I actually wanted to talk more about this, but, like, um, your books, man. I, I wanted to talk about your books uh, and the devil shivered. What, could you go into that for us a little bit? Yeah, man. Thank you. That's that's my newest one. That little puppy just came out on um, Valentine's Day. Yeah. 
And um, I always have to thank my editor, Jessica, my really good friend, Jessica Jewett down in Georgia. She helps uh, put these together with me because, um, as she knows, I am the king of run-on sentences in first drafts. <laughs> I'm like, this is what I wrote. This is what's going to print. She's like, no. She's like, you have one sentence. It's a paragraph long. I'm like, I don't know. I but it's, I write I write the way I think, man, and my yes. brain is like a million miles an hour. So, But it was important for me to have my voice in all my books. I'm like, if I'm writing every word that's in here – I want it to sound like every word that comes out of my head, you know? So she talks to me all the time, so she knows that. And so she edits it appropriately for me, and then I go through and revise anything further. But uh, we have a great relationship, and uh, she helps so much with all my books. But uh, And the Devil Shivered, I wrote every day for a whole year of my life. So it's a little journalistic style. It's a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff, flying back and forth, sleepless nights, trying to film, trying to, like get bread on the table back home, try to yep. be a good dad and uh, all this stuff. But, um, you know, I wrote it as kind of a behind the scenes for my paranormal fans, but also um, as a motivational book because I, I love doing motivational speaking. And um, I kind of feel that a lot of times, like I said, when people watch the shows, they see this highlight reel, you know, people go on Facebook and when they're not looking at the negativity and the pictures of cats, may <laughs> they may see other people saying, wow, my husband's so awesome. He did this and this is so great, blah, blah, blah. And they start to be like, man, my life's shit. Like, how come I don't have that? How come I don't yeah. have this? Yeah. And we start living comparatively and we start to feel like, you know, this my life's not going right. And what we don't realize is we're seeing the highlight reel there. We don't see all the struggles behind the scenes, you know, yes. and uh, people think I'm on TV like I'm some big like famous rich person it's like no like I there's months and you know things are tight and you know I, I wanted people to see the whole story and I want people to see that my struggle is just as, as real as everybody else's but um, the problem I get when I try to help people and I've been doing motivational speaking for years the first hurdle that people have to get over is Oh, if it was just that easy. I was like, you don't want it bad enough if your excuse is if it was just that yeah. easy. If you can't get your ass yeah. off the couch and either work a second job to make extra money or find a way to educate yourself to get a better position, then you don't want it bad enough and you're okay being complacent and just doing your nine to five and hating it every day. And if you want to waste your whole life hating everything you do, go right ahead. That's your shit to do. But don't yeah. – bring me down with your misery every day because this is what you're choosing, you know? So I wanted to write a whole book that there's a lot of comedy and random nonsense in there that just comes into my brain. But um, I wanted people to realize, like, listen, if you really want something, you're going to work for it, you know? Like, this whole thing of being on TV isn't isn't by accident. You know, it's I get lucky with a lot of things, but, you know, um, you got to have hard work and opportunity to come together to make your dreams come true. But you gotta you got to have a dream and you got to be willing to work for it. Yeah, I think a lot of people, especially... Uh and I don't want, I never want to pigeonhole anybody, but I mean, the youth of today, it kind of seems like it's more like, like the gimme, gimme, gimme generation. Gosh. I know I do. And I don't want to think I'm 34. Okay. But yeah, I do. I sound like a crotchety old fart right now. Um, That's it. But, Get off the grass. You damn. Yeah, exactly. Which I have done, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, no, but they, they just seem like they just want, 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 gimme, gimme, gimme. Uh, but they yeah, don't want to work, some, man. They don't want to sweat. For there was it. a. There was a study, man, that I had read. Um, it was one of the Ivy League schools. This was a couple of years back. And um, a test that they give to all their incoming freshmen. And uh, it's kind of like a little personality test. And sure. it was the first time ever that this test came back showing a, um, an incredible lack of empathy. And people just, wow. it's me, 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 you know? Yeah. And um, there's, I was reading a thing, you know, because uh, as I said, I'm a COO and I manage the office and such. So I'm always reading about different trends in, in hiring. Um, they were saying about how people are getting out of college 
and I want, you know, such and such salary and I want a corner office and I want five weeks of vacation. It's like, no, 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 you, you're <laughs> nah, going to nah, start in the mail room. They're like, screw that. No, I'm starting here. Right. And they just say, not everybody, not everybody, but there's um, unfortunately a large part of the population that that's what they're expecting. It's like, well, if I'm not starting on top, then I'm not starting. It's like, okay, well, then you're not starting, you know, and sure. uh, it's unfortunate because you, you put in your time, you go to school and you obviously get a study, you get your degree and then you come out expecting, you know, the world to just, you know, kind of roll over and give you whatever you want and you, <laughs> yeah. you still got to hustle, you know? Yes, you do. That's crazy. Do you run into a lot of that? Like, uh, I know you do a lot of uh, motivational speaking and things of that nature. Um, do you go to a lot of schools? Um, you know, I'm I'm starting to do more colleges, yeah. uh, and such. And um, it's it's something I really like to do. And uh, I think it's a, a great opportunity to talk to kids that are kind of on that turning point of their life, you know. And um, I because I, it just maybe the maybe it hasn't been painted as a real picture for them you know maybe sure. they come from an affluent family and they don't realize that it's uh you know mom and dad had to start somewhere you know you don't just sure. start on top but it's what they see and you know and i think what makes it worse one of the things i i mean i use daily but at the same time i constantly talk about is um how we're chained to our phones all the time you know it's like yeah. here i am on my instagram and my twitter account and i got my 15 gigabytes of fame and look how many likes i got and i'm a big <laughs> freaking celebrity in my own mind and then how come you're not hiring me a top wage look at all the stuff i've got it's like yeah. it's such a me 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 this whole like i generation thing and people just aren't realizing that this is what bothers me we've got these talking about like here we are three three dudes on skype in completely different you know states you know sure. miles away from each other hours away from each other and it sounds like we're all together in one place and here we've got these phones where we can call the other side of the world we can we can send messages i can i can use uh you know emojis because for some reason we're going back to hieroglyphics because we don't <laughs> want to write full sentences but we can do all this shit to communicate but nobody is listening to anything anybody else has to say we just okay. want we're like actors waiting for our chance to deliver our line and air our <laughs> misery yeah. and that's all we care about but you got to wait till the, the prime hour to do it you got to wait till the prime oh. posting hour you know to, yeah, to do course. that so of you course, get the yeah. most views right 9 a.m eastern for me 5 p.m and 8 p.m there Did it is you see that this year the new word that was added to the dictionary is actually an emoji no no, no. it's one? a symbol it's um oh, no just like where they're laughing but with the tear out of their oh. eye my God, Dude, oh my you know gosh. what's wicked funny? I have so I have um I have um like a patient comment box, you know, so they can kind of anonymously tell us how we're doing. So when patient comes in after having their surgery for their recheck appointment, they get this, they fill it out, they drop it in the box, I check them all out, see how we're doing, you know. Oh, and yeah. usually it's the same kind of thing, like oh, you know, I had to wait a little while, you know, doctor was was a little behind on his schedule. I mean, stuff that that happens, you know. You sure. want to run a, a perfect ship, but. You have emergency patients. You have things that happen. You can't just you move people along and be like, oh, I'm sorry you're bleeding, but someone's <laughs> coming in 10 minutes, so move along. So, you know, I read these things, and I had one recently, and I couldn't believe it. I'm reading the comments, and it's like, this place made me very – and then there was a sideways smiley face that the person drew in. No. I'm like, okay, so he or she didn't want to write happy, but do they not know a regular smiley face is face up? Like, why is it sideways? Oh, my gosh, man. That's so funny. Wow! Crazy. I'm going to roar an emoji to, <laughs> to express my feelings. Yeah. Well, yo, I mean, one of the wow. other, and this goes down to motivation as well. I think one of the other things that I've run into, and and you're an example, or you're part of the example of this. I get asked, "How do you get these people on your show?" And I'm like, 
I asked. People don't even think about doing that these days. It's like, wait, you could could do that? It's true, man. It's like, you could do that? It's amazing how people are afraid to move forward. And like, I mean, I see it like at work day to day. And like, you know, I'll I'll have a coworker come to me like, oh, you know, this patient, uh, I forgot to tell them that, you know, they have to, you know, pay this copay. What should I do? I'm like, well, I would probably go talk to them and tell them, hey, um, just to get a chance to discuss your copay, you have to pay this much. I mean, <laughs> what are you going to do? Just be afraid of people? Like you have to, you have to try. You know, there's certain rules and regulations that things run by, and uh, you know, it's uh, one of my favorite. Uh, um, I bounce all over the place, and I apologize. My no, I like do the same thing. Is why uh, Jessica made me add an audio appendix because I reference music a lot, and uh, oh, one nice. of my favorite. Um, uh, jazz musicians out of New Orleans this, uh, this little guy named Kermit Ruffins fantastic little musician and one of the lines in his song is um, you have to have a dream how else can you make a dream come true and I kind of feel like there's some people like I want to be happy like holy shit that's a, that's a vague spectrum like yeah. Yeah. well what makes you happy what do you want to do to be happy what are you doing <laughs> to try to get to be happy well, I just want to be happy okay well yeah me too you know but <laughs> so be happy, happy for me and happy for you are two different things yeah I want money yeah. Well, what are you going to do to get that money? Yeah, how are you going to work for that money? Oh, my gosh. Man. I really, you know, I, I listen to interviews with you all day today, and I really enjoy Great your positivity. Research, man. Thank Just, like, you. Stalking well, I mean, the hell out I, of you. That's what he <laughs> I was. It was last minute. And, you know, yeah, I, yeah. I, you know I, I've watched you on the show for years and, um, you know, followed you on Twitter for a while, but I really like your positivity and I'm a really positive person too. I have to, you know, I see people that they, they get bent out of shape over the littlest shit. And I'm like, just don't let it get to you. Right. Yeah. You, you oh. control your happiness. You know, you're letting that other thing dictate how you feel. Right. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed hearing you talk about that all day today. Oh, stuff, thank though. you, man. It's, it's what I care the most about. Like as much as I love the paranormal, and I love checking out the spirit world and wondering what happens when we get from here to there. Um, I feel like while we're in this human experience, like we're, we're here to help each other and really, yeah. you know, we should be enjoying it. And I realize that, you know, society, unfortunately, is kind of run um, in such a way where, you know, we need rules, we need regulations, and, you know, we need to have a form of, of currency and trade and barter. But I kind of feel like we're we're currently governed by plastic people who just want to keep us just disoriented and distracted enough where we're chasing after plastic dreams and nonsense and bullshit that doesn't really matter. And we're not taking care of each other. We're not listening into each other. And it really starts to just drive me crazy. I mean, that's kind of why I, I do all the things that I do out here, um, which, you know, some people think I'm, I'm crazy for even doing it. But I was like, well, I don't care. I'm, you know, I'm not going to put it. I was another analogy I always use. It's like, I'm not going to put the, the key to my happiness in somebody else's pocket. Like every day I get up, I'm in a good mood. I go to the gym and, you know, I carry on. It's like, oh, there's traffic. Well, no shit, there's traffic every day. Like, whatever. <laughs> like, people I look drive. at clouds. I play music. Like, this is part of my day. Like, it, yeah. I'm not expecting it not to be there. The day it isn't there. It's like, awesome. This is going to be a really great day. I yeah. play little games. Sometimes if I take the side streets to work instead of the highway, I have this stupid little game I made up where I count the dogs that people are walking. And if I see three dogs, the third dog, I beat my horn because it's a three-dog day and it's going to be fantastic for completely <laughs> arbitrary reason. But it's something I made up that makes me happy, you know? That's and good. It's just cool, man. I was watching um, Pirates of the Caribbean 3 uh, the other morning when I was supposed to get up and actually do something, but I was really intrigued <laughs> because that was the one where I think they just you were like, yeah, screw it. We'll just kind of see what happens if we throw a bunch of nonsense up there. But there was a scene where where one of the English gentlemen is talking to, to Jack Sparrow and it's like, well, you're supposed to be dead. Now what am I supposed to do with you now? And blah, blah, blah. And he goes, 
Sometimes I just pretend it's all a bad dream. And honestly, when shit is going bad for me, I just kind of zone out. I'm like, ah, that's right. None of this is really real anyway. I'm just going to get through it, you know? <laughs> yeah, I think about in, in a year, less than that, in a month, am I going to be thinking about this day? Right, um, right. Most people, and I, yeah, I get it. Every Most people are so introspective that they don't realize that everybody else goes through the same crap. Yeah, that's one of yeah. one of my favorite things I try to pass on all the time, man. I think I wrote about it in, in my What's Next book. I mentioned it in all my lectures. Is anytime something happens to you and you start in that why me, why me phase, I want you to stop and think, why not me? Why yeah. not me? We're not, nobody's exempt from the bullshit that happens to everybody that goes through this life. We're all going to have our heart broken. We're all going to have something stolen from us. We're all going to get screwed over by somebody we thought we could trust. This shit happens. And for you to think it shouldn't happen to you shows that you're out of your damn mind. <laughs> this is the stuff that's going to happen to everybody. So just deal with it and be like, well, look, I'm a human like everybody else here. That's good stuff. Now, you know, speaking of your books, back to your books, I guess, because I, I do the same thing, man. I'm sorry. I, I jump all over the damn place. But, no, it's um, fun. you know, getting back to your, your books and stuff, where can people find these? Um, I've got uh, I've got both um, both of my motivational books, What's Next, uh, which came out last year, and, um, and The Devil Shiver, which just came out this year. They're both on Amazon. Um, I just self-publish, you know, through yeah. Create Space, which you know people want to knock or whatever. But like, yeah, whatever, whatever, I don't man. have time to play the game with literary agents and trying to get this, that, and the other. Like, I'm putting stuff out there that for people that need it. And if I make a couple of dollars on it, cool. Like, if not, whatever. Like, I tried. Um, but yeah, they're both on Amazon. And then um, the uh, Paranormal books. The first one this is where I learned the lesson. Barry and I tried to put out our first book. Uh, the complete approach, which was talked about metaphysical understandings and scientific approaches to documenting paranormal activity, and we yeah. we got like an actual publisher, and we're going to do this, that, and the other. And then the guy um, put the book out, and uh, Barnes and Noble had it, and everybody else, and he put out the uh, second to the last print. It wasn't even like the one that we approved. Oh. He put out one with editing mistakes in it and everything else. And then when we tried to uh, confront him about it. He uh, went silent, disappeared, took whatever money was made off the damn thing, and then a couple Dude. of months later, we got a letter from his attorney saying, "Oh, he went bankrupt, so you guys Dude. are just stuck out in the wind." Oh but my we're gosh. like, "Well, you know, there's a couple of copies of it out there, and there's a lot of good theory in it, yeah. um, and you know, you can get them used on Amazon or whatever." And then uh, Barry and I put together, um, "So my house is haunted. Now what?" And uh, that's on Lulu dot uh, com, Lulu Press. That's uh, where I go. Barry yeah. in charge. We put it out that time, and uh, we had a good that book I really like because we took a global perspective you know we were like well we're we're traveling the world and we're, we're learning different things about different cultures and how they see this uh, spiritual connection and so we took a story from each one and we took about uh, some time to interview somebody at each place and uh, talk to a little theory about you know why things seem to be working not working uh, and we put that whole book together so that was a lot of fun so those are the uh, those are the four books the two newest are on Amazon that's amazing stuff man and I tell you, I'm going to urge everybody listening right now go out and get those books I'm definitely doing it um, like the second we get off the phone here or the, the Skype I, I call <laughs> I it the phone that. I call it the phone it's definitely not a phone <laughs> <laughs> well, please keep me posted. I, I always tell my readers, like, I really appreciate people keeping me posted on their reading because I like to know what little, like, nonsense they enjoy. I, I use the word happy nonsense a lot, like my little <laughs> stories, like my little background stories and random little asides that I put in there. If there's something, you know, I, I'm so blessed to have had this little little platform that I was given, this D-list celebrity little platform where I'll get up and put something on Twitter in the middle of the night just because I feel like I'm guided to do it and I'll wake up in the morning and have an email from someone I never met in some foreign country who says that 
they can't believe that I wrote that and how much they needed to hear that that night. And I'm like, well, son so of a bitch. Like, that's that's what it's all about. Yeah. You know, I'm like helping each other out. People will never meet. She doesn't ever have to do anything to, to thank me, but she at least made the effort to thank me. Right. And man, what a, an incredible rush. That's amazing. See, that's just like you said, that's what it's all about right there, buddy. That's it. It's so cool, man. Like, I, yeah. I tell everybody, and not like trying to be like, you know, like raise my little flag here, but like, oh, no. um, my flag's not little, but, um, you know, it's, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's one of those things where it's like the motivational side of what I do is the newest thing that I do. You know, it's not financially the most rewarding thing that I do, but out of everything that I do, the day job, the shows, the paranormal events, the college lectures, the motivational side of thing is the most spiritual and personal rewarding for me because I know that I'm making a difference for somebody and you never know that ripple effect that it's going to have for other people, you know, and just, uh, I do a lot of work with the American foundation for suicide prevention and, uh, you know, we do like fundraisers and stuff. And it's always such a blessing to be a part of that and just to give people hope that are just that close to giving up because right. um, it, it, one I don't know if we have time for one quick story but I'm going to try oh, to squeeze yeah. it anyway we have yeah. all the time yeah. in the world sweet Christmas yeah. I love it I'm going to loosen my robe here and get comfortable <laughs> um, so my one of my best friends in the world I, I've known this kid since uh, since first grade uh, my buddy Darren and um, he works he works crazy jobs like I do like we've always had at least two jobs you know we, we never like take it easy we're always hustling trying to take care of the family and everything and uh, I was on the phone with him one night and he was driving home it was very late and uh, he was stopping at a stoplight in a difficult part of town and he said oh man he's like I feel horrible I'm like what's going on he said I look out my window there's a guy just laying there sleeping on the sidewalk I'm like yeah man it's freaking sucks you know it's cold and this that and the other and uh, I'm talking to him, and he's, we're on the phone for a couple more minutes. He's like, he's like, you believe this? I'm like, what? He said, there's a mattress someone threw out just against the pole over here. I said, see, man, that's what it's about. People don't realize, yeah. is that mattress going to change that guy's life? Hell no. But for one night, he could have had at least a little bit more comfort, you know, if we just carry on a little bit more. Right. And I feel that sometimes people get so daunted by what's around them that they forget that there's a tomorrow, you know, and that they forget that there's a new chance to start something over and that there could be a blessing, you know, right around the corner. It might not change your circumstances forever, but it'll at least give you a little bit of comfort and a little uh, reprieve. And it's just so important to just not give up and, and keep going on things. But people, a lot of times, I know it can be difficult, but you can't, um, you can't let the bastards get you down. That's why I always tell everybody, that's why I've been sending them the new book. Like, because yeah. unfortunately we don't have a lot of people that want to be helpful. We want people we're surrounded by people that just want to talk about themselves and it's, we need to help each other and you can't let the other people that are throwing negativity at you get you down and you know throwing darkness back at them it only it only strengthens them and strengthens their cause it does nothing to end it or to help anybody yeah you you are providing that person power by reacting to their negativity sure yeah sure. for sure that's a really good. So I don't, I don't, I don't want you to worry. Our listeners are no strangers to dick jokes. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I felt a little Trump esque with that one. But I was like, <laughs> I'd like to slide them in once in a while. No pun good. intended, but pun intended. But um, there's, there's like, there's a couple of references to it in my new book, and like, nice. I was like, and part of the reason I wrote the new book is also to document a year in my life for my daughter because um, I don't know how long I have here thankfully I'm healthy I, I you know I work out a lot not because I think I'm going to be like Zach Baggins big or some supermodel but I was like <laughs> I want to be strong enough 
that if there's a situation, maybe I can help somebody. And I want to be healthy enough to be around for as long as I can um, for, for my family, especially my daughter. But I wanted to write this book so that at some point when she's older, she'll be able to look back maybe long after I'm gone and be like, wow, he was one crazy bastard. But look at all the stuff that he did, yeah. you know. And um, I, I think it's kind of cool for that. But there are, there are a couple of penis jokes and stuff in there. And like, <laughs> oh, I don't know. Should I write this one in here? But there's one involving confetti. I mean, how often do these things happen? They should be documented. <laughs> yeah, life, life is about your experiences and what you leave for your children. Indeed, I would totally. man. We got to carve that path out for those who come after us, you know? Yeah, I would totally agree. I'd also like to let you know that there is no shame in liking cider beers. <laughs> my favorite. <laughs> I myself love Woodchuck. They had a pumpkin one last fall. Oh, yeah. Every fall. Do you Have you tried that one? Oh, indeed, my man. Woodchuck oh. was my uh, my first cider. I always feel kind of guilty when uh, when I go with the Angry Orchard. I feel like I'm cheating on my girl, but um, Angry Orchard has a sinful cider that I really like, and they do a couple like special like 750 millimeter uh, milliliter brews that I like, um, like Straw Man and Ice Man. But, um, yeah, Woodchuck was my first cider love, and I just – Oh man, it's so good. I, <laughs> yeah, I do, you can't I do, beat it. No, really. it's so good, man. The pumpkin one, I know which one you mean with the orange label on it. It's really good. Um, they, their fall one, when their fall one comes out, I yes. usually buy like, two cases of it. I'm like, because I know it's not going to be back for a while. And I like it so much. I always tell people, like, listen, it's very important. Like, I, I don't condone, like, you know, underage drinking, although I was there at one time. I, I, I definitely <laughs> stand against, you know, drunken driving because I worked in news long enough where I covered some horrible accident scenes where you see horrible lives, like, ripped apart. And um, so I, I don't condone any of that. But I do tell people you got to celebrate in life. You need to have a little comfort and not something that, you know, you rely on and become something that you need. But at the end of a hard day or when I'm done cutting the lawn, I like to celebrate responsibly yeah. with a nice old adult beverage. And, man, I love a good cider. That's good stuff. That is good stuff. Yeah, they're, they're great. I mean, I, my first love is IPAs, but I have to say that my second – love as far as alcohol or beer goes is ciders yeah man for sure i go crazy in the fall man like I, <laughs> oh, there's so good ciders that come out but then like all the pumpkin beers i'm like man i gotta get these I, and then i feel like wow I'm, I'm checking out here and i look like i have a problem because i have a carriage full of beer and i want to like explain <laughs> to the lady like i need to explain like oh this is gonna last me like four months like you know i'm not gonna drink this this weekend she's like sure, I, sure, I don't sweetie. need to explain myself but i want to because i feel like she's judging me you know <laughs> yeah. well honestly and i get you on it because i i'm sure you feel the same way that i feel when i see those beers hit the shelf it just makes me feel good yeah yeah it's taking great. one it's of great. those beers home and and opening it up it's like this is just right in the world right now <laughs> yeah man i, I kind of feel all of us in the paranormal really appreciate the fall and stuff and like that's such yeah. a great signal that you know things are going to be changing and things are going to be cooling off and charlie brown's going to be going trick-or-treating soon and life is going to be really good for a couple of months yeah absolutely maybe yeah Maybe the media won't uh, treat the paranormal so uh, tongue-in-cheek humor for a month. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. All of a sudden, that's what I tell people. I feel like Santa Claus all through yeah. October. People want to see me. They want to talk to me. They want to take pictures. It's amazing. Oh, yeah. And then, like, November, they're like, yeah, we'll see you next year, you clown. <laughs> <laughs> that actually reminds me of another question I'd like to ask you. If you don't mind sticking around, I, no, I know I'm I told the, you that. I'm having a hell of a time. All right. I know. Yeah, I know I told you that. We usually do an hour, but we usually don't have a set time. It okay, just Grant. Being hours. So I do have a question that kind of fits around Halloween in in that sense and overall theme in the paranormal world right now 
is why does everything have to be so evil and dark? <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't get it. I don't. We don't. I mean, we all know. I mean, those of us that work in the field for a long time, we all know we don't have to investigate at night. You don't have to wait till three a.m. And not everything is a demon, and not everything is dark. And that's what we're starting to like. I, I love uh, a haunting. It's one of my favorite like recreation shows. But oh, the other yeah. day they were doing one, and they like tell the story of this group that came in to help. And they're like, oh, we knew it was a demon right away because there was a knock in three. I'm like, okay, well that's one of the signs, but maybe it's just a spirit that likes knocking in threes. Like, how do you? <laughs> Three's the magic number. Maybe they're a big fan of that song. Like, you can't just take one thing and be like, oh, it's a demon. But everybody wants a demon. It's Here's the thing. Back in high school, I learned this at a very early age, obviously. But back in high school, it was really uh, most prevalent and clear. Girls want the bad boy, right? That was the thing. Like, nobody wants the nice guy. We want, sure. the, we want you know, the, the badass, you know, guy that mom's not going to like. And we're going to try to change. And I don't know why people <laughs> are trying to change anybody. If, if you right. like somebody, is who they are. But, like, you know, and, and like, Jay-Z. And like, I, I listen to music, all different things. And, like, Jay-Z, like, back in the day, before he was the big famous rap star, they would rent luxury cars to pull up to the event because nobody wants to see you, like, roll out of, like, a used Hyundai, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. So you're going to act the part. You're going to look the badass, you know? So people want <laughs> A freaking demon people don't like oh grandma's here she brought you cookies no it's like oh no it's acting like your grandmother but it's really satan i'm like it could just be a dead old lady like just stop with the bullshit <laughs> oh my gosh it is getting that way though it really is getting that way yeah. it seems that it's just getting it's never- darker and darker it's that's uh, it, man. The t-shirts get tighter and the demons get darker. <laughs> Eventually, everyone's bleeding from their eyes. Yeah, I, yeah. I get it. It sells, but I do think sure. that it should stop when you start tearing down houses. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. know, man. I've heard some things. Um, I haven't seen anything about it, so I can't really speak to it myself. But um, you know, there's a lot of people that need a place to live. Uh, I don't know if the demons are included. I don't know how that works. Um, I don't know if there's a rent involved or if it's, if it's like they're included with heat and cable. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I I don't know the legitimacy of it. I was never there, so it's kind of hard to tell. But there's so much crazy stuff. And I know I make T-shirt jokes a lot. By the way, I wear a medium, but it's just because I want to look better. You know, it's oh, I feel I feel you, man. Everybody, uh, I, work I work hard. I eat a lot. I eat a lot of bread, so I try to keep the belly to a minimum. Like. If it gets to the point where it's sticking out, like I swear I'll go large, but I feel like I'm lost in large. Like I'm swimming around. It's crazy. You know, I don't yeah. know. I like to talk about things. I like to talk about stuff and things. <laughs> no, but I like, I, oh. I've always told people that there's, there's two sides to the coin when, they, if there's evil, there has to be light. So it's yeah. even. Yeah. And, even like I listen to these shows and I love podcasts. I listen to them. I listen to them despite this. When they have a little opening segment that's in a deep voice and it's really slow and it's supposed right. to be scary, I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck is this? Yeah. It's, you know, this is, I don't know if, if Tenny had this conversation with you, but I love when I do lectures with Tenny because we really <laughs> like, we really blow some shit up and mess with people's minds. And like one of the things that we'll always lead off with is, um, and this is, you know, I, I give full credit for Tenny for coming up with the concept, but we'll turn it into a discussion is, why is it that we're all sitting here with pictures of like skulls and demons and everything on our shirts and everything and everything's dark and like my new shirts I won't even have black ones printed they all have to be like bright colors it's just like one of those things because I want to be different and it's um it's like but technically it's like we're all thinking that we're researching death but what we're actually researching is life and we're talking about how it continues on and it's 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 a wonderful thing you know it's it's not this dark horrible thing but like you know, we've all got this this 
the darkness sells, man. People yeah. people want that kind of that image, you know. It's uh, it's just one of those things. Like I don't know, uh, but you know, it's interesting what you said. I remember being uh, when I was in high school and I was trying to figure out my own faith and everything. One of the things that really made me start to think it didn't it didn't dawn on me at the time, but uh, it came to me later. I remember reading the Satan Seller, which. I think they ended up recanting part of it or the guy didn't, you know, said this was fake or that was fake, but story itself talking about darkness and talking about levels of satanic worship and all these other things that got me thinking when I was trying to find my faith later on. And I picked up a book that I recommend in all my lectures, um, which is uh, by father Malachi Martin called hostage to the devil. And he researches and he, and he tells the story of um, several real, exorcism cases and the evidence that they have to back up why it was a true demonic possession and reading that book all I could think about is wow if all of this is real then the other side has to be real and from what I know in my studies and and what I I need to to believe in life and in day-to-day life is that regardless of how bad things are that good wins out in the end you know and so why aren't we we're so busy like trying to you know conjure up things and get power from the dark things why aren't we focusing on a positive prayer life or worship schedule regardless of of what your faith is do something positive like to me like my prayer life is very strong it's something that you know it's a part of my day-to-day life and and i always tell people you don't have to be like the little kid in the norman rockwell photo kneeling down at your bedside with your little ass flap hanging out in your pajamas like you can pray (laughs) anywhere no, I pray when I'm in traffic. I'm frig. I'm already screwed for 15, 20 minutes anyway. I'm not doing <laughs> yeah, anything. You might as well. You know, so, so why not? Throw a couple of Hail Marys up to the big guy and have a little conversation. I always just tell people, be thankful. Like one of the things I work with, you know, I do have somebody that's of like a, like a darker nature, or suicidal nature. They're going through a tough time. I always recommend them to appropriate um, company uh, groups like the AFSP and stuff. But one of the things I always tell them is, listen, before you get involved and before you start, you know, contacting these other groups i want you right away to start a list i want you to write down on that list things you're thankful for and they don't have to be big things like you know do you like the way the grass feels on your feet on a summer day do you like ice cream cones do you like something you know specific at, at, at dunkin donuts like just i want you to toil on that list every day writing down every stupid little thing that you enjoy that makes you happy that you're thankful for because if they're being honest with themselves they're never going to finish that list because there's always some little thing that charges us on to want to go further you know and i I just want people to start reading that and they start reading this positivity instead of dwelling on the thing we don't have they start looking at all the little things that they do have like hey you know this isn't so bad you know and you start looking on the lighter side of things instead of the dark side of things that's really good stuff buddy i like it i don't know how the hell we got to any of that but no i like that no it's very very relevant though this is kind of how my mind works too i'm glad a couple of us messed up out there (laughs) We uh we got a comment on uh on iTunes about that how we just kind of jump around and you know it's kind of like a butterfly with hiccups you know what I'm saying like just jumping <laughs> and bouncing all over the place. So. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. Man. So yeah. I I would like to ask you. I told you that we're going to be interviewing your friend Barry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In a week and a half, is there a question that we should ask him that? only you guys know or the only like that would be out of left field he'd be like how the hell did you hear about that (laughs) ask barry if it's true that uh when uh when he is uh when he's excited about something uh that he uses the phrase i to be sure 
<laughs> I believe that's spelled A-Y-E, to be sure. Um, we, we're pretty sure that he said this on occasion, but he will deny up and down. It's the stupidest thing. Like, ah, oh, Barry, I had to be sure. I never said that. I'm like, no, you did. You used to say it all the time. Oh, so, yeah, God. please mention that to him. He'll get a good Definitely. I had to be sure. I've already got that written <laughs> down. I make him sound like more like a pirate than an Irishman, <laughs> but it's fun. Oh, that's good stuff. I learned so much from that guy, man. Like, he helped me out with, like, guided meditation and, like, finding, like, a lot of peace and a lot of understanding. And he used to get worried about me because I would go out for walks a lot uh, at night. Like, I just I, – I like being alone. I kind of like to check things out. And I've always – I always tell people, for somebody who operates in the light and is very loved and feels very full of love, I love being in the dark. I like walking around and, like, at, at nighttime or at dusk and sunset and – um, but we're in strange countries. He's like, you shouldn't go do that. I'm like, ah, it's all right. Like, I just like to go where I'm guided, and I like to have these moments. And you only live once, right? Yeah, that's it. You know, I don't know how it's going to end or when, but until then, I'm. I always tell people, you got to live your life in faith and not in fear. You know, especially yeah. in these times that we're in now. Like, you can't be so crippled to do anything that you want to do, or you know, paralyzed by fear. You got to get out there and just live it. Because I, I was thinking about this in the gym this morning, man. Like, because all the TV coverage has it. You know, all the unfortunate news um coming coming over from from brussels and everything yeah. and um like i said before somebody worked in news for a long time i had to get out of it because i couldn't stand all the negative stories and all that stuff um it just it was starting to permeate my soul and it was, it was flipping me out man but um like i know my family always worries about me like traveling especially my parents like always oh i was worried about you flying and traveling i'm like listen there's nothing to worry about like i know there's bad stuff happening but like most of the stuff we worry about in life, it doesn't just have to be terrorist related. Most stuff we worry about in life never happens anyway. Right. And if it does happen, there's nothing you can do to stop it from happening at that time. So there's really all you're doing is wasting your positive energy and the good moments that you do have worrying about what might happen, but probably never will happen. Right. And so that's just that's just horrible. You know, And I just that's where the, that's where terror wins. You know, when fear paralyzes you to the point where you won't go forward and do anything else uh when you're afraid to to stand up and speak when you're afraid to go outside when you're afraid to travel um that's that's where where the darkness is winning in the world and if you just can't let it happen you just have to walk in faith whatever that faith is for you you got to be confident and you got to be strong and positive and believe in yourself and believe in a higher power and just get out there and kick some ass and make some noise yeah absolutely See, I freaking goddamn like I'm I'm feeling inspired already. Like I'm like gosh, man, it's like ten it's like ten thirty over here at night. I'm like now I can't do anything. Well, it's even later for him. So that's yeah, true. That's, that's right. true. I'm, I'm a night owl anyway, man. I'm up all night. This is where I work at my writing and stuff. Because oh. like I get home from work and like I want to spend time with my wife, and my daughter, and then like I check the little one's homework, get her off to bed, watch even my wife a little bit, and then she sacks out, and then I'm up by myself, you know. So yeah. that's why I do a lot of my writing or just a lot of thinking or I focus on my prayer life for a while, and I don't need a lot of sleep. Like four or six hours is great for me. Like more than that, I get kind of sluggish. Less than that, I get a little crazy. But uh, four to six hours is good, man. Like I'll get up at five thirty, go hit the gym in the morning, have a good workout, um, and um, yeah. All right, so I'm gonna let you guys in on a little secret here. It won't be secret for long once your podcast hits. Right. But right. I like to do something different every year at my lectures. You know, I like to, to kind of spice things up because I feel like, and, and I've said this before. Like I know some people, 
I know Jay doesn't appreciate the fact that I go out and do lectures in full face paint and stuff like that because he thinks <laughs> I'm just kind of a clown. But, um, you know, he, he knows I'm not saying anything detrimental, but it's just not his way. You know, he's more of a serious guy when it comes to stuff like that. Sure. But I don't take myself seriously at all. I'm just here for my own amusement and having a hell of a time whether other people laugh or not. So last year I did several events like in Kiss Makeup and uh, <laughs> um, had a young lady uh, paint my face like uh, Jack Skellington. I did uh, one lecture. I came out to uh, Elvis's intro music wearing a cape and everything. Oh, it was nice. great just to do something different. you know. Because so um, I don't want to come out there with the gloom and doom slides and, oh, I'm going to scare you with all this. Stuff. It's just not me, you know. So this year um, I, was, uh, I was at a concert the other night uh, with my buddy Cody and we're hanging out. And it just randomly hit me. I'm like, you know what would be really cool? He's <laughs> like, what? I said, what if this year... I get a ukulele and I sing Tiny Tim songs once in a while. Yes. He's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I'm telling you, it might just be like, I, I can't hit that falsetto, but I could do some weird shit. So today, today I ordered a mint green ukulele with a little shark on it because yes. it looks really strange. And it screams like, yes, I'm a grown man playing a ukulele <laughs> at a paranormal convention. So I, I'm going to have to learn it. Um, I used to play bass guitar and I played banjo oh, yeah. here and there for a little while, though. I really want to learn that when I retire, if I ever make it there. But uh, I'm going to screw around with this little ukulele and it uh, may be making appearances at several events throughout the year. All right, you know? here's the deal then. Like, I'm definitely going to have to come to Grey Ghost then. <laughs> just Just on the <laughs> off chance you bring the uke with you. It might you have never happen. know, man. And I know some people are going to hate it, and some people are going to love it. But this is uh, an old wrestling analogy: love me or hate me, you're going to know that I'm out there on stage. You know, the yeah. worst thing that can happen for a professional wrestler is to walk out of that curtain and nobody make a sound because no one knows who he is or what the hell he is, and no one cares. <laughs> so either you're going to boo it or you're going to laugh and be happy with it. Yeah. But you're going to know that I'm doing something. That's good sauce. I like that. Well, and I'm, I'm a firm believer that if you're not having a good time it's harder for the people around you to have oh, a yeah. good time oh yeah for sure for sure and trust me i get people that like hate a lot of my nonsense but i'm like well i don't know you're just not happy like me but that's cool like you could you could do your own thing and be happy in your own way but for me i like and i always because it's always like you know uh, um there's always some people that are very serious and they come to these big events and like you know everyone's expecting to see like you know satan show up and sign autographs and scare people and i'm like well that's probably not gonna happen you know so let's just have some fun and and like one guy i remember once i was at the stanley hotel right and i'm in the big grand ballroom it's a beautiful place i'm in the back and i'm talking to this woman who had some questions about faith and things so i'm talking to her about it and this dude's on stage and he's got like all these lights set up and all these crazy stuff it was like a circus sideshow happening oh and keep God. in mind we're rotating every hour so it is got a quick setup and breakdown but he's doing all this and then he yells can you be quiet back there i'm trying to do something and i was like wow oh. man I'm like like, just take it easy a little bit. Like if we can work together, like you know, I'd gladly take my conversation outside if this is you know you were doing a serious experiment. But like, just chill a little bit, you know. Wow. Like just be kind to each other. But I don't know. Some people just don't want to do that. So, um, you know, whatever. I have fun. Well, yeah, but damn, <laughs> like, what was his deal? <laughs> oh, he got up on the wrong side of the bed. That's what it was. Poor guy. Yeah, there's that happens. And, and oh, it happens yeah, to everybody. I, I have I have what I call etch a sketch days where things start out and I'm like, <laughs> man, this shit's all going bad, you know? But then like people like because my mother, I love my mother to death, but then some days I'll call her and it's like she's like, I'm having a bad day. I'm like, oh boy, I'm like okay, you know, and I, I'll never forget, man, I was dating this girl back in the day. 
very nice girl. We had a great relationship and everything. And, you know, it ends, but relationships end. It's cool. But we were dating and she had this great beach house her family had and everything. Saturday morning, I wasn't working. I woke up and I'm thinking to myself, man, I'm going to get a bowl of cereal and I'm going to watch the waves crash on the beach and like, you know, maybe go to 11 later. Like, this is going to be a good day. And she wakes up next to me and I'm like, hey, good morning. She's like, I'm grumpy. I'm like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, what am I going to do here? Like, what, you just woke up. I'm How grumpy. Be grumpy? Like, you, you haven't done anything yet. Um, she had a dream about something you did. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. My wife does that still. She'll wake up and yell at me. I'm like, yep. what? You'll never know what you did in my dream. I'm like, oh, I, I guess not. Yeah, but somehow <laughs> somehow that's your fault. No, I totally understand, Jens. I get it. Yeah, this stuff happens. God, so I always that. tell people, like, when I'm having a bad day, I just take that extra sketch in my mind, and I just yeah. flip it over and shake it around <laughs> and start fresh, man. You got a new canvas. It doesn't, I don't have to wait till tomorrow to start fresh. I'll start fresh right now. I and mean, why waste the rest of the day, you know? It's a pretty good analogy, and I'm definitely going to use that uh, from now on. I'm going to have. I used to try to use the. Um, I used to try to use one with the eight bit Nintendo games about taking it out, and blowing, blowing it, and putting yeah. it back in. But it sounds kind of sexual sometimes, and then also the younger generation has no idea what I'm talking about. You just got to whip out the cartridge and blow it, and then yeah, people aren't going to get it. <laughs> you do know that that didn't actually do anything, and everybody just looked like an idiot. Poor shit. Yeah, no, that totally worked. <laughs> Sometimes we used to wedge a second game on top of the first yes. game, thinking that would hold it down into place a little more. Dude, I got to tell you. It would you always that. have one of the, like, the, uh, the battery ones, like Zelda or something, where you had to save it, and you're like, damn it. Yeah. It was that way with like Final Fantasy for me, man. I'm telling you. God I bless it. I still play yeah. those games. Oh, yeah. So do I, man. I I'm a nerd. I used love to it. love that, man. I was talking to my buddy today about Dragon Warrior and Shadowgate. I could have oh. played those games all day and be happy. That's good stuff. God dang it. Now I'm going to have to go buy a Nintendo. I'll just get the emulator. I have an Xbox that that somebody had hacked, and it has like a ton of the old 8-bit NES games in it. It's so much fun. The only thing that drives me crazy is Super Tecmo Bowl always freezes, and I love that game. That's a great game. That is a great freaking game. Oh, my God. I I don't like to play like the new football games because I'm like, oh, this no, I, I suck like at those games. Man, like we were talking about before, Josh. It's like there's so many buttons, and yeah. now I'm gonna make that guy catch. And I'm like, I used to just fade back all the way, throw it long, throw see it what long. happens. <laughs> yeah, I suck at the new games, man. I'm no good at those games. <laughs> My daughter's even taking me to school on Mario Kart. I'm like, man, I used to remember slowing down to let you win. Now I'm like throwing red shells like a mofo, and yeah. I can't get by. <laughs> oh shit! I love it. That's good stuff. Well, Dustin, I got to tell you, man, thanks again so much for joining us tonight, especially on such short notice. You know, man, like it was pretty cool of you to do that. No, no worries, man. You guys are great, man. Like I said, I've heard really good things about you, and it just it was a it was a pleasure, man. This has been a lot of fun. We'll do it again sometime. Absolutely. Well, I'm glad somebody's talking positively about anything in this field. Yeah, indeed, man. man. We We need a little bit more of that. You know, a little peace, love, and understanding. That's all. Exactly. If you're ever here in this area, let us know and we'll come have a cider with you. Oh, that sounds like a plan, brother. We'll do. Hell yeah. And hopefully, uh, you I'm the one you talk to most, uh, actually talk to on Twitter. Hopefully, okay. I could get you at one of my events. Yeah, yeah, yeah. man. Oh, I, yeah. It'd be, it would be a pleasure, man. I think we'd have a lot of good times. I mean, we definitely have the same mindset, and I think that uh, the people that would come would really enjoy it. 
Or they would hate it. Either way, oh, we would know we're doing something. Well, we'd have a well, freaking ball. It would that's be their own do. problem if they hate it. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> we'd have fun. That's all that matters. That's it. That's George Carlin. The only difference between somebody else's shit and your stuff is perspective. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, it's good shit. I love it. Love it. But yeah, Dustin, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Yeah, no, my my pleasure, Jason. Josh, thank you guys so much. God bless you all. Uh, the best to everybody who's listening. Thanks for uh, for checking out the podcast, and I hope you all have a great day. All right. Take care, thank brother. You. All right. See you guys. Well, there you have it, my friend. Dustin. Yeah, that was oh, awesome. I can't. I cannot begin to even say how fucking outstanding that was. <laughs> I mean, I... That was a great interview. I I really enjoyed doing it. Yeah, I I believe he was sincere. Either he was an amazing actor and made us feel really good about ourselves, or he really loved being on the show. And I yeah. tend to believe that he really loved being on our show. I think I think he dug it. I think he I think he he had fun. Genuinely had fun. You know what I mean? He gave us a question to ask Barry in a couple weeks. <laughs> yeah. I mean. Uh, are you going to pull off the accent or am I? We'll, we'll flip a coin. I, we'll flip a coin. It'll be fine. <laughs> I'm nowhere near Irish. <laughs> oh, my God. Every time I'll do it, like, I'm just going to, I don't know. I don't know. I might I might just offend more people if I <laughs> Oh, what a great freaking time, though. That was good stuff. So, yeah. uh, uh, hopefully, hopefully we'll... Uh, you know, he's. I bet he'll come back on anytime we ask him. So, I'll, oh yeah, I'm sure we'll have him on again in the future. Oh, we got to do that for sure. Yeah, we'll definitely do that. Nine one three seven three zero seven two five five for the ectoplasm phone number. Ectoplasm show at gmail dot com at ectoplasm show on Instagram and Twitter, and the ectoplasm show on Facebook. And now ectoplasmshow dot com. Reach out to uh, Mr. Dustin Perry and let him know that you enjoyed the interview on the Ectoplasm show. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We'll we'll get him back on for sure, too, and we'll probably talk more NES games. Um, I, I got really excited there. <laughs> Did I lose your ass again? No, I'm oh. here. I'm sorry. I'm trying to send out a tweet. Talking about how awesome of a time we had. <laughs> Tweeting on the twatter. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. Well, no, I'm not on the twatter. <laughs> <laughs> Tweeting on the twatter. Oh, shit. Hey, by the way, I just want to throw this out there. I think, who was it? Was it Eric or was it Clint? It might have been Clint. On on our Facebook page today, as we record this, it's Wednesday Wednesday night, is that correct? Yeah, it's Wednesday. So as we record this, it's Wednesday. Uh, something, Somebody started saying we need to have Josh bingo cards. <laughs> that was Eric. It was Eric. From Ashton okay. Which is an amazing idea. We no, need to because come it's up funny. with that. It's funny as fuck because I always think this about myself every time because I always, I always listen to our shows. Uh, obviously, I cut and I splice them the episodes together and things of that nature uh mix master and all that shit and then upload but i always want to hear the finished product you know what i mean 
Now, I don't listen to the whole damn thing, obviously. I However, I, 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 sometimes I do. Um, but usually it's on like uh, my commute, you know, uh, to or from work, or if I'm going to play some music somewhere, you know, it's whatever. But uh, I, I have constantly been picking up on these little things that I say like, oh, my God. Like, because I say that all the time. When you bring up, like, aliens, I'm like, oh, fuck. Oh, my God. Like, I say that all the time. <laughs> and it's like the heavy sigh where I'm just like, Ugh. I do this shit all the time. And then there's the, uh, oh, my God. Or what else, what else did I say? What else was another one on there? Um, Yeah, I can actually yeah, pull, pull it up. Pull, whip that out. <laughs> uh, just play a little tune. W- Whip out your twatter. Whip no, out. it's not on. It's not on twatter. <laughs> I'm just joking. I just wanted an excuse to say twatter again. Twatter. <laughs> so I I do have to say while I'm looking this up, our Facebook page has exploded compared to what it was not too long ago. Yeah, yeah it really has. Like the past two days, I think we've got at least fifteen new. Uh, new likes, new follows, new, new twatters. I don't know. What is <laughs> What is it? New likes? They like the Facebook page, right? Yeah, you, you like the Facebook That's it. page. You have to like the Facebook mm-hmm. page. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. We've been getting a lot of likes on that. I'm having trouble <laughs> finding Eric's comment. Uh, he did, say, he did, however, say that um, he thinks he may be a werewolf but he only grows hair on his lower back, and I told him I'm not uh, going to pet that. <laughs> I did see this. Uh, I did see this earlier. It's funny. I don't know if he commented on my picture or the ectoplasm picture. Um, <laughs> but yeah, definitely, we need to come up with bingo, drunken bingo cards for the ectoplasm show. Anytime we say... A certain word, yeah. You drink. take a shot and then put that shot glass on that bingo card. Yeah, that's a that's a great idea. We need to make this happen. How the fuck do you make a game? How do you do this? We'll have to ask Grant. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, we'll just get Grant on the phone. That's I a good it's idea. A bit expensive for my taste. <laughs> <laughs> I like Grant. I do, but. It, I'm not going to go into it on air, but he's an expensive guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he can't be. Yeah, whatever. He's earned it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Fuck it. Oh. So you can't find it on there at all? You can't find the... Uh... No, because I got sidetracked by the twatter. Uh, Dustin Perry just sent us a private message back saying that was amazing in all caps. Oh, that's cool. That's very, very cool. I'm I'm trying to find it here. I'm I'm not I'm not cutting this show until we find it. No? No. We'll just go we'll just go all night. Fuck it, keep it going. I don't even care. Here it's it's gotta be. uh, Let's see who could find it first. Faster fingers. Uh, it's not gonna be me then probably. It probably won't be me. Damn it. If I can just look here. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. I'm not going to pet your lower no, back. No, Eric. I don't want to feel your back hair. What is it? Oh, he calls it the uh, 
He said his, um, his, oh, his friends call it the squirrel tail. <laughs> That's awesome. Here it is, here it is, here it is. Okay, so earlier Jason puts in quotes, oh my God. And then Josh heard. Yes. And then it says like, Jason, he, he. So I get on there then. This is while I'm at work, by the way, and I'm not supposed to have my phone out at all. And I say... The Josh Heavy Sigh is another good one as well. And then Clint goes, could definitely have a Josh Bingo card. Good sauce. Love it. Uh, and he, he says he had more that he thought of earlier. Now they're slipping his mind. But no, I do. Fuck. So I said good sauce like five times just in this past episode. Son of a bitch. Here we go. Drink, drink up, Clint. <laughs> oh, Rick. So um, I have one more thing to read that uh, you know Dustin sent us because I responded to him. Oh, cool! Um, I said a great time had by all, and he said, "quote." And I'm going to put this on the website. Yeah, I'm going to make sure he's okay. Yeah, make sure. He says, <laughs> yeah. I really enjoyed it. You guys are great. I really appreciate you listen to my other interviews and learn more about me. Having an opportunity to speak at length about things I'm passionate about and to share motivation with you guys, it was really awesome. That's very, very cool. That's good sauce, Clint. It is good sauce. (laughs) Hopefully, Dustin listens back to this to the end, and he sees how much we really appreciate having him on the show. Well, honestly, if you think about it like this, and I'm sorry, like I I have to say it, like, but it really speaks to his character because this all took place literally last night. Okay, last night. So within 24 hours this all came to fruition. And I mean, he took the time out of his schedule, out of his life, I mean, just to come onto this show within I mean, given a day's notice. That's pretty amazing stuff. That's yeah. really amazing. I was just sitting there and I was like I need to update some things on the Facebook page. Oh, look. Uh Dustin Harry, who we follow on Titter. Or Titter. <laughs> Titter. That's the new one. I've, I've had Titter. A <laughs> uh, anyways, that we follow on Twitter. Oh, he tweeted, hey, I'm going to ask him <laughs> if he wants to come on our show. And then I was like, oh, awesome. He wants to come on the show. Fuck, we don't have any open dates for two months. I was like, okay, we got to get him on tomorrow night. And it happened. And that's the power of motivation. You just have to ask you just have to try and that's what he's all about right yeah absolutely absolutely but yeah super amazing dude my gosh my freaking gosh all right well now that we found it clint find some people that can make a game (laughs) like with a really cool game board we'll put slimer on it (laughs) or something I don't know. And probably get sued. Fuck it. It'll be fine. (laughs) (laughs) I will be going out and having a beer with Clint Friday night. Well, then you and Clint, over many a beer, can um, discuss how to make this game happen. (laughs) Everybody just drink. Yeah, we'll actually be going to a possible sponsor for the podcast soon. Oh, that's cool, man. Again, we'll be going down to... To the sponsor for the Kansas City Paranormal Conference. Nice. Big Rip Brewery. Hell yes. That'll be good stuff. Good sauce. Drink again. <laughs> How did you know uh, what I was doing? 
<laughs> I can't even see you. That's how much I know you, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking right. All right. Well, I'm going to wrap the show. Because, I mean, we've been talking for about an hour and a half or so. Probably longer. But, I, I mean, what a go. great freaking time. It was a great time. But, anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed the show as much as we enjoyed it. Uh, again, another huge thank you to Dustin Perry for that. Uh, been a fan of his for a very long time now. So, very cool of him to do that. Um, But, yeah. Hope you guys had uh, had a good week. Hope you have a better weekend. Shit, it's Easter weekend, isn't it? Yep. It is. It's and you know, Easter I, weekend. Honestly, I completely forgot about that we were supposed to do conspiracy. Sorry for our conspiracy fans, but we will pick it back up again soon. Oh yeah. Um next week we had we have Adnan. That's right. And that's gonna oh. be a great interview. I even like he's such a great guy yeah, that's on dude. the little the little banner I made for his episode, yeah. I put amazing guy on there because I think he is. So. <laughs> oh, that's good. Sauce. Anyway, I'm <laughs> let you guys go. I think we've run off the rails a little bit. <laughs> Fuck the rails. Anyway, <laughs> I like just took the mic off the stand here. I'm like, nah, I'm just free. It's fine. Anyway, I hope you guys have a uh, good Easter weekend and uh, just an amazing weekend in general so we'll talk to you all very very soon peace out